1: AJ Podcast, we've had a fun summer here. We were going on a media tour, bringing in some of the best of the Bay Area minds. And we've got Ted Wynn on the line. What's going on, my friend?
2: Nothing much. Just relaxing in the LA. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, Ted's on assignment down there for the Athletic. Got a couple of cool interviews. He's pumping away, working remotely. Ted, I met at a coffee shop a couple weeks back. This guy's got just such an interesting backstory. was a high school quarterback in the Bay Area. Um, was a high school football coach and teacher, and his blog caught on, and he's really making waves. We're going to pick his brain on 49ers and Raiders. But first, Ted, you were with QB Collective today, high school quarterbacking camp I've been affiliated with. I've done some consulting work with. Sean McVay was there, Jeremy Bates. It's just kind of a cool quarterback incubator for those high school kids. Just as a football mind, what did you think of those NFL coaches working with high schoolers?
2: Oh, it was awesome. I mean, I, I, you know, watching that, I wish I got that kind of experience when I was a, a high school quarterback and um, I talked to Richmond flowers, the the guy in charge of it after, and he said the same thing, you know, he's trying to provide these uh, high school quarterbacks with the, that, you know, a connection with the NFL. And I think that's pretty cool.
1: That's in LA. They, Kyle Shanahan has been involved in this too. Richmond flowers really trying to educate high school quarterbacks, pro style concepts Ted is a Raiders expert, but he knows the 49ers well, too. I want to start here with you, Ted. Jimmy G or Derek Carr, at the end of 2018, who do we think has a better season? There's a lot to play out. Injuries, health, um, Jimmy G obviously riding a big wave. Can he continue that? Derek Carr, can he learn the new system? Both quarterbacks, to me, are are very close. Uh, Carr had a down year in 2017. Maybe it wasn't all his fault. Everything plays out in your mind. Um, you know, if they both have good seasons, uh, who do you think will have a better season, I should say, Jimmy G or Derek Carr in 2018?
2: Oh, man, are you trying to turn all my readers against me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, yeah, no, I mean, you can hide both of them up. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll give you something else. I mean, what, what's a flaw that Jimmy G and Derek Carr both must correct and overcome?
2: With, with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's his long ball. He uh, um, hasn't shown that he could throw a good long ball yet, and it hasn't really caught up with him because he had such a hot, um, hot end of the season. Uh, but I wonder if NFL defensive coordinators are going to see that um, going into next season, and you know, kind of dare him to throw that long ball, and he's going to have to improve in that area uh, to take the next step, obviously. Uh, I mean, with Derek Carr, is just, you know, last year was such a mess with the, the last coaching staff and Ta- Todd Downing being such an inexperienced offensive coordinator and that injury. Uh, but really, he's progressed every year he's been in the league except for last year. Uh, so this year, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy. I think John Gruden is a brilliant coach. It's going to do, uh, they're going to work well together. But uh, the first year learning this offense could be complicated. Uh, so it'll just be, We'll see how he adapts to this playbook and how quickly he can pick things up.
1: I want to go back to these quarterbacks, but I think you and I disagree there. You've studied John Gruden. You know the X's and O's. I'm I'm just going based off gut feel and, and what he's been saying. It reminds me a lot of when Joe Gibbs first came back to the NFL in 2004. He did a power eye. Um, the Redskins went 6-10. It was an adjustment for Joe Gibbs to come back in the league after winning Super Bowls and coming to the Redskins as the savior. I I'm just gonna, I think John Gruden might struggle a little bit this year, just being thrown way back into this thing. He is a brilliant play caller. He wasn't, you know, the man in Tampa Bay, though. So just kind of sell me on John Gruden. I'm, I'm down on him. You're high on him. Why should Raider Nation be high? Uh,
2: well, I think there are some good things and bad things with you know the hiring of John Gruden. I think schematically, I think he's uh, spent – every you know day since he's been fired working as hard as any coach that's been uh, still working in nfl yeah you know, he's waking up at you know 3 a.m getting to his office studying film studying the latest trends and what's going on and he had all that access with monday night football uh to all these coaching staffs and he's he's learning what's working for this staff he's learning what's not worked for this staff he's modernizing his playbook and he's been just hardcore studying and it, it i think it, it'll be really interesting to see how his offense has evolved since uh, his, his last stint coaching. Uh, so schematically, I don't think it's going to be – I think it will be really interesting, and I, I don't think he's going to be like Joe Gibbs where he's so behind on uh, modern football that it will hurt his team. I think, if anything, he might be a little more plugged in than, uh, than some of the coaches in the NFL still right now because he's had a chance to sit back and study everything you know, from the college game to high school game. Uh, So, like I said, I'm really interested to uh, see what he puts together there.
1: Yeah, and he's brought in a lot of veterans. It's just been a questionable kind of offseason from a national perspective. I think he's taken some heat, and I think predictions for the Raiders are kind of all over the map. I've seen six and ten. I've seen ten and six. It, It could be an adjustment, but I mean, at the end of the day, the Raiders have stability at head coach now. I do think that's good for them going forward. A coach that matters more than Kyle Shanahan to me this season, you you know what Kyle's bringing to the table. He's going to move the football up and down the field. You're just banking on the offense being in good hands. I think the coach that matters more in San Francisco this year is defensive coordinator Robert Sala. He hasn't been given many tools at pass rush. The interior is great. I love DeForest Buckner. Reuben Foster is a run stopper. I think they're going to be able to stop the run and, and be top 15 there. Richard Sherman's health. There's a lot at play here. Just knowing schemes the way you do, Ted, you're Robert Sala. How do you make this 49ers football team better? What, what combinations are you using in, in sub-packages? Um, and, and do you think there's a lot of pressure on him for this defense?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh they drafted. They've worked on that interior rush a lot, and they've added to it throughout the years, obviously, with the first-round draft picks. I think the force Buckner is gonna be one of the best interior rushers in the game. I thought last year he had a a really strong year despite not getting the sack numbers. Uh, And I think this year he's gonna get better and uh, hopefully could finish with more sacks. Uh, But yeah, like like you said, that edge rush isn't very strong right now. They didn't do much to address it in the off season. Uh, They did address the secondary and, um, you know, with Richard Sherman there, uh, it just depends on how he heals up from that injury, which is, um, you know, they're saying the right things right now and things look optimistic for him to fully return. But I don't think, you know, we really know uh, what kind of Richard Sherman we're going to get next year. And that's going to be a huge piece of the puzzle uh, because that secondary was uh, so thin last year. Uh, But I think um, that the rookie, I believe uh, Witherspoon, uh, I can't pronounce his first name. Killa Witherspoon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be a really good corner. uh, But you know, that secondary is really going to get glued together by uh, Sherman if he's, he's healthy. Uh, but as far as Salah that scheme, that scheme isn't extremely complex. It's, uh, it's, it's actually, you know, basic in that they're not doing a ton of different things. They have a lot of different checks and a lot of different adjustments they make within that scheme. Uh, but their philosophy is to uh, run, you know, their, ba- their base coverages but play fast and not have to think, so much and you have know, to switch coverages every gap every play. And uh, that's, that was kind of Seahawks philosophy. I think that's the philosophy that Salah wants to bring to the Niners. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how they take, take to it year two. And, you know, that interior rush has to be really good. Cause I just can't see that edge rush being, um, can't, I can't see that edge rush taking a, a step up this season with the, uh, how little they've, Dressed it at all season.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, they drafted Solomon Thomas to kind of fill this answer, like to be the sack master, right? Because the DeForest Buckner's more of your interior guy, or they're both going to play in the interior. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of pressure on Robert Sala to gel these pieces together, figure out where he can create pressure. Because I just don't think John Lynch gave it to him. On the offensive side of the football, There was Alan Robinson. There was some high-name free agents. I mean, they brought in Dante Pettis at receiver, Jarek McKinnon. There was a couple splishes and splashes there. The offense, I think, will look and feel different. They've had struggles in the red zone, Ted. And this is kind of my hypothesis. The offensive line actually could be their red zone weapon. I think they could be running the football more inside the 20. Weston Richburg at center. He's athletic in space. McGlinchey. They they got rid of a good right tackle on Trent Brown to say, hey, we have to address the run game here. I think it's going to help in between the 20s somewhere. Jimmy G hasn't proven anything yet. This team really struggled there last year. Maybe it's Kyle who struggles there. um This team's red zone issues, do you think it'll be a problem? And just what they did with the offensive line isn't enough to really make this offense very dangerous.
2: Yeah, I think you uh, hit a good point there. They have to be able to run the ball better if they want to improve their red zone offense. And um, I think they feel like the Vinci is a better fit for that outside zone scheme than Trent Brown, who's kind of a big mauler type of offensive lineman. Um, And Weston Richburg is definitely, I think, an upgrade at uh, centers. And so we'll see how they gel. Uh, Teams that typically go to the outside zone on their first year, they typically struggle in it. It's very rare to see a team uh, pick up that scheme quickly, so that's why last year when the Rams did so well with the outside zone scheme in year one, that was really surprising. Uh, so with the Niners, they were in year one last year, um, and they'll be in their second year this year, where teams will typically get better you know, running that outside zone and learning that scheme and getting that chemistry with their double teams. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, the red zone offense wasn't good last year, so if they could get better at running the outside zone, I, I expect him to be much better in red zone. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo coming in late, uh, definitely. Because you know when you're in the red zone, space is compressed and things have to be more precise. And it's hard to be very precise when you have a quarterback just learning the playbook midseason. So you know, hopefully with a, another year under his belt, they could have that precision and timing in the red zone.
1: Is it going to be shocking if the 49ers are a bad team? Is there some people who say... And they're just not ready yet. And everything bounced their way at the end of the season. Maybe they weren't playing at a 5-0 and level. I just feel like the fan base is so energized right now. And some of them are going to tweet me, why is KJ being negative? I'm really trying to just be a realist here. The Kool-Aid is being dumped on everyone's head. Is there a scenario where Jimmy G really does take a step back, like a sophomore slump? Um, this, You know, they have long contracts, so it won't be the end of the world. They built up a lot of clout. John Lynch keeping on to Ruben Foster. They they've they've made some so-so decisions in the draft if Solomon Thomas doesn't pan out. But crisscrossing back and forth here, big picture, I mean, there's a scenario where this team does disappoint.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they I think they've made a lot of uh, the right moves on paper, but there are a lot of question marks as well. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, he did well at the end of last season, but you know we'll see what happens with defensive coordinators have. Uh, you know, a lot of film on him and more information the game plan against him. And can he carry that hot streak to year two of uh, the offensive line is still a question mark. Are they going to be able to run the ball better than they did last season? It looks like they could on paper, but we'll see. We'll see if they'll be able to do it. And uh, Richard Sherman, they're depending a lot on Richard Sherman coming back, but that's not a for sure thing too. So there, there are a lot of things up in the air for sure. I mean, I could see, them doing really well but I wouldn't be surprised if they you know some of those moves in pan out and they end up not doing too well at the same time
1: across the Bay Bridge Reggie McKenzie if this goes poorly you made a good point Ted like John Gruden all right he's not going to be Joe Gibbs I, I do think that just stepping right back into the head coach's seat is going to be perhaps bumpy I, I have them missing the playoffs if that's the case and it's a little disappointing and it's six and ten seven or nine do you think Reggie McKenzie survives?
2: I think, I think he'll survive at least one more year. Um, I think he'll survive one more year just because Gruden hasn't had a chance to um, work with him for a full year yet, and you know, they're, they're really trying to rebuild that roster together. I think that uh, John Gruden does have a lot of power with, you know, within, the, with the, within making moves, uh, personnel moves, obviously, from what we've seen. Uh, but I do think he values Reggie McKenzie's opinion, so, I, and, you know, just jumping there first year installing the system, I think there's, uh, um, there's, you know, he could have an excuse to say, you know, it was our first year. Let's see what happens. If we're working together a, a second year together.
1: Ted Win with us, staff writer at The Athletic. Might be the best film guru right now in the game. Meteoric Rise in Sports Media. It's been fun to watch. Get to know football from him. You sat down with Dante Pettis, I think, a couple weeks before the NFL draft before he was a 49er, got to know him as a route runner. Why did Kyle Shanahan fall in love with him? And does he have potential to be a number one receiver one day in the NFL?
2: Oh, that's hard to say if he has potential to be a number one receiver, because he doesn't exactly have a lot of dominant uh, physical traits uh, that you look for in a number number one receiver. I'm not saying he can't get there, uh, but I'll say just, you know, right off, just looking at it, looking at his physical stature, uh, he doesn't, he's not blazing fast or he's not huge, but he does a lot of things very well. And he's a very, very intelligent player just based on, uh, watching him and then talking to him. And, um, obviously that bowls you know, that bowls well in Shanahan's offense where they want to move him around a lot. And they have a lot of different route, uh, route concepts they want to run with him. Uh, so I think, you know, Shanahan values intelligence and that's why Pettis was so high on their board. Uh, but I, I'll say the jury's still out on whether he could be a number one. But I just think he could be a very good uh, number two or slot receiver at the very least.
1: Do you have a play alike for him that you've seen on film?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, so they have this concept called the blaze out concept uh, that I saw Julio Jones run a lot. I, I wasn't, I never seen that route ran like the way Julio ran it in Atlanta, and I, you know, was always very curious about that concept. And I was able to ask. Uh, one of the Niners coaches about it. And he you know, kind of broke down the concept for me. Uh, but then I saw Pettis run it in camp. So, um, I think that's going to be a good, good route. Uh, that's going to be a good play for him. And if you want to learn more about that, I, I actually wrote an article about it for the athletic.
1: I am really fascinated by Kyle Shanahan's system. Sean McVay's system is based in part off of Kyle Shanahan system. um, now you've got the Tennessee Titans running it with Marcus Mariota. Uh, do you think the Titans will have some success this year with this system? Is, this could be a coaching tree that spawns. You've got Rich Scangrillo. You've got a bunch of coaches in L.A. working with Sean McVay. They were all up in Redskins Lab, as they call it, working with RG3, working with Kirk Cousins. Now these coaches are kind of infiltrating the NFL. Um, this system and scheme—how do you see it working with the Titans, and and how do you see it just, if, you know, evolving in the NFL?
2: Uh, it's just a very complete system. Um, it, you know, it's all based on running the ball uh, well and running the outside zone well and bootlegging off of that. And it's so hard if you do it well and uh, good, good enough. It's so hard to tell the difference between the, them actually running the ball or a play-action pass because the offensive linemen are moving in one direction. Uh, the, the running backs taking a wide path, the quarterback is sprinting back there, it's sticking that ball out. And you know, you can't tell when it's a run for the first couple of seconds because he could hand the ball off and it looks exactly the same, or he could pull it and it'll look exactly the same until he boots around. Um, and that's kind of the, the bread and butter of that system. And then they built so much on it. They've added spread concepts to it too. And it. it really kind of modernized, uh, that Mike Shanahan outside zone philosophy and it's kind of the hot thing in NFL right now.
1: I love that you mentioned that hot thing in the NFL. It's obviously become a passing league the last 10 years. It's entertaining, the ratings are amazing. As far as schemes go, what's next? What's in the 2020s? What's in 2025? Do you have your eye close to it or do could you have any predictions of like where play calling offensively is going to go?
2: That's, that's hard to say. I mean, right now the you know the craze right now is the run-pass option, the RPOs, uh, that's come from the spread system, and that's kind of infiltrating every NFL offense, even if they're not completely spread. Um, but I think I actually think that the NFL is going to go back towards running the ball more. I mean, you see uh, the kind of success that Shanahan had with you know two-back offense, um, and you know, with all the success he has in San Francisco, and if he does has another good year uh, next year with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's a copycat league. People are going to start copying them. So you know, while the league goes smaller and trying to defend the pass, maybe teams go back to trying to get heavy and run the ball out of two back sets. Uh, football is kind of circular in that way. You know, teams start adjusting, and then uh, and then the off- I mean, defense starts adjusting, then the offense starts adjusting, and it could go back to more old school football.
1: I kind of like that, yeah. Leonard Fournette, um, obviously Todd Gurley. Like, there's running back Ezekiel Elliott. You are seeing running backs picked in the top ten. Um, they do matter. We have Ted win with us. I want to play a quick game with you, Ted. Uh, I'm going to name a quarterback, and you tell me whether you'd rather have that quarterback or Jimmy Garoppolo going forward. And we'll, and we'll do we'll do kind of like a rapid fire. Okay. Matt Stafford.
2: Matthew Stafford.
1: Wow, you'd rather have him than Jimmy G. Why?
2: Uh, well, he he's played at a very high level for a few years now, and Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't have, have the, um, the resume that he has so far. I mean, Garoppolo, I think Garoppolo's ceiling actually might be higher, but I think taking Stafford's a safer choice because he's proven that he could do it for a few, a few years.
1: Kirk Cousins.
2: Garoppolo. I think Kirk is very good, but he, I think he's kind of maxed. Like, we've seen the best of Kirk Cousins, I feel like. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo can be much better than that, that level that Kirk Cousins has, has played at.
1: Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam Newton?
2: Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Cam Newton.
1: He's got the toughness, uh, experience. You can do a lot with him in the run game.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Very versatile. He hasn't had a lot to work with the last couple years, and he's still been able to um, carry that that Carolina offense. So I'm going to say Cam Newton.
1: Fun game playing with Ted Wynn here. I don't know. I mean, Drew Brees you're taking, obviously, over Jimmy Garoppolo. Russell Wilson you are. I think Jimmy G is better than Jared Goff. Goff has a lot of room for improvement really turned everything around with Sean McVay. He just doesn't seem like the dynamic passer. He does seem accurate and can get the job done, but Jimmy Garoppolo seems to have more arm talent.
2: Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I think uh, Goff's deep ball might be better than Garoppolo's at this point, Uh, but definitely Sean Bay's offense and play calling, uh, you know, made Goff look a lot better than he is. Not that he can't get to that level. I mean, I was a big Jared Goff fan, uh, when he was during that draft, um, process, he was my number one quarterback, uh, but he does have a ways to go. I think Garoppolo actually shown that he could play at a higher level than golf so far.
1: Is there one of the rookies you like Baker, Josh Allen? Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson will have a red shirt here. Yeah. Who else we have? Uh, Rosen with Arizona or excuse me, Rosen with, um, yeah, Arizona and Darnold with the Jets. Is there a rookie you think might actually play well this year? Yeah, my number one quarterback was actually uh, Josh Rosen. I
2: think he's just extremely ready to play the pro game Uh, from a mental standpoint. His technique and footwork is very clean. Uh, I I think that Arizona got to steal with him. I think he he could... um, I don't know if he's going to start right away because they do have... um, uh, What's his name? Uh, Yeah, they still have Sam Bradford, so I don't know if he's going to start right away. Uh, But if Bradford struggles or gets hurt uh, like he's been known to get hurt, that he, Rosen could jump in, and I think he could have a pretty strong rookie season. Uh, Sam Darnold is a—it's just a wild card. I mean, he has so much talent and uh, so much ability, but at the same time, he just makes some really reckless decisions at times. Uh, but he, he's a wild card. I mean, the talent is there. It's just going to depend on whether he's going to be disciplined enough to do make the right play to have to play.
1: Khalil Mack, are they going to get this contract done? I mean, the Raiders are, but... It's not, it's not the best thing to have hanging over your head. I do think the media blows it out of proportion because there's not much to talk about. Um, he's the best pass rusher in the game. They're not going to bungle this situation. You get a Khalil Mack, you keep him in your building until he can't play football anymore.
2: No, I absolutely agree. He uh, just he's been carrying that defense for uh, so long now, uh, and he deserves this big contract. And you just don't let one of the you know best players in the NFL. Um, leave your team so they they have to get this contract done I think they will
1: we're wrapping up with Ted Wynn here I mean Jordy Nelson and Doug Martin what did you make of those moves when they happened Uh,
2: so Doug Martin I'm not I wasn't a big fan of that move uh, because I don't know where he's at physically but he has impressed in camp he looks pretty quick Uh, looks like he got his uh, speed back he's running away from guys in camp but it was in OTAs and guys don't have pads on so we'll see. If they, if they get to revitalize Doug Martin, he could be a pretty good number two. Uh, but he just hasn't shown that he could be that guy in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, Jordy Nelson, I actually like that move. I understand that move. Uh, Nelson's a veteran receiver, and they need to get better at actually catching the ball. The Raiders led the league in drops in the last few years. So getting a sure-handed guy like Nelson who could teach these um, y- y- younger guys like Amari Cooper and Martavius Bryan help her find their game. And I don't I don't think he's as washed up as people uh, say. I mean he the in two thousand seventeen he had a pretty strong year. He's when Aaron Rodgers was in a lineup he played well, but after Aaron Rodgers got hurt his stats really dipped. Uh, so I think Rogers I I think Jordy Nelson still has something left in the tank. I don't think he's gonna be um uh, I don't think he's going over twelve hundred yards or anything, but I think he could be a good compliment to Amari Cooper.
1: I love talking ball with Ted Wynn. He's on top of the game. He's making moves this season in the NFL. You're gonna be at every game pretty much, Ted? You're gonna bounce back and forth for Raiders and Niners? I actually
2: don't uh like attending games as much. I um I, I do film reviews, so I don't have to be at the, the games. I don't have to do recaps right away. I actually kinda of like watching the game from my house so I could, you know, rewind and see what uh what scheme that one team's running. Uh where you know, you can't do that live obviously. Uh so yeah, my, my articles are more done with uh, film review anyways, so I actually like enjoying uh, watching the game from the house.
1: Couldn't agree more. 2017 was the first season I did that in five years, and I got, I got to actually watch the game when you're there in the press box and the distractions and you're, you miss stuff and you're trying to write and tweet uh, totally with you there.
2: Yeah, and the traffic's terrible, too.
1: <laughs> so terrible. Enjoy LA, Ted. It was really fun to have you on the pod for the first time. Um, glad you got connected with QB collective and really enjoyed your perspectives on the 49ers and Raiders.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me on.